This is Lee Majors. Last week on Nentrek, the crew of the Free Enterprise were abducted by some egghead professor who tried to beat them into submission with facts and figures. All were blinded with science, but the combined know-how of their brain's dark matter soon helped them to see again. Soon their profitable ignorance was saved. Later that day, our heroes were able to drink mead from the skulls of their enemies. Wait a minute. Maybe that was some movie with Kurt Russell. I may have changed the channel after the first three minutes of the episode I was talking about. Anyhow, I'm not going to do that this time, because the episode coming up is a humdinger. You just wait for it. Stay tuned. It's wild, Steve. It's wild. Space, the ultimate marketplace. These are the voyages of the starship Free Enterprise. Its mission of undetermined length, um, until we're canceled, I guess, to seek out strange new commodities, exploitable alien workforces, to brazenly amass the largest profits that any corporation has before. This is the spot. The big red spot where our last candidate was standing. Even Kyle looks like Jupiter's big red spot. Except smaller, of course. A lot smaller. Oh no. Smaller like me. Poor Rick. Nothing left of him but that spot of licking syrup. And them there black rim spectacles. Dang, if they don't make that spot look a whole lot smarter, though. Yep, and his spurs. Spanish spurs, you just can't break them. That's German engineering for you. Yep. Uh, uh, yep. Yep. Uh, <coughs> um, yep. Yep. Oh, no. Knock it off, you guys. This is serious. If that thing shows up, I'm finished. Just like Rick Perry. Just like Louisiana was after I left office. But that wasn't my fault. It was the Abomulans that did all those bad things. Yeah, it was them. You got your communicator, Jindal. If you see something, say something. But not a whole speech like that response you gave to the State of the Union speech. That still gives me the chills, and I like Fred Rogers. Reigns, do you think the Free Enterprise will get here soon? Well, they're on their way now, Bobby. Just a few more space days, or Earth-timey days, or one of them kind of days. 
But by then, it could be too late. I could... I could be... You could be boiled down a Jim Bob giblet gumbo. Well now, if that doesn't sound too bad to me. I mean, if you have to go anyway, that's the way I'd choose for you. Look, I know it's dangerous, Jindal, but we have to have candidates. Just keep your eyes open for a giant head of bad-looking hair. Orange. Orange like the fires of heck. Right. I'll keep looking, but you know what we could really use down here? What's that? Something called volcano monitoring. You know, that's a waste of money, Grimble. You said it yourself, you fool. Now you get up on that podium and give it all you got. Do it for your home, country, and the service. Don't forget the service, you grandball. That's right, Jindal. And remember your campaign slogan. <sighs> Jindal all the way. You got it. Keep saying it to yourself over and over again, and it'll keep you safe. We'll retrieve you, I mean... We'll relieve you in an hour or five. Good luck, Jindal. Jindal swell, Jindal's swell, Jindal all the way. Oh, what fun it is to vote the non-Hindu Jindal way. Jindal, like the rest of them, jeered to a crisp. Well, Tim Baum is just an oil slick now. Good thing I always maintain good relations with them offshore drillers. They could do no wrong in his book, even after they spilled the biggest super spill the world ain't never seen. Irony, Flemus, that's what that is. it, man, now what in tarnation are we gonna do? Heck, I don't know, we need a, we need another. Hey, you, you, Pataki. Her, me? Yeah, you, Pataki. Now that Jindal's finished, history. You're gonna have to be tonight's big candidate. Wait, wait, why me? Why not, not Christy? He's, he's bigger than me, and he can afford to be whittled down a little bit. Christy's bigger than everybody. It's glandular, and he eats too much. Now get on that podium. You're only choosing me because I'm too nondescript to do a decent impression of. Well, you're within spitting distance of right, Pataki. It's more because the cheap-ass impression of you sounds too much like the cheap-ass impression of me. And both sound too much like Kermit the Frog for my taste. Damn, I wish I was still wandering up and down Fifth Avenue looking for something to do. Uh, this is Pataki speaking, by the way. Stop whining about the good old days, hat blacky. And stop looking like you haven't taken a dump in five years. That's the way I always look, Mitch. You know that. Oh, right. Sorry. You just can't help being helpless and hopeless. You were born with a tedious tongue in your mouth. We'll be back soon, Pataki. Oh, and this is previous. God damn it. Anyway, if anything goes wrong, we'll be here before the echoes of your final screams die away. Or maybe just a little after that. 
Uh, come on, man. Gosh darn it, I can't even remember my own campaign slogan. You're too damn descript for a slogan, remember? Borrow Jindals, he won't be needing it. Oh, right. Okay. Jindals swell, Jindals swell, Jindals all the way. Oh gosh darn it all, just... Just when my campaign is about to take off! That sounded like Pataki. It kind of sounded like me, too. Come on, man! Pataki, like the rest of them, jeered to a cinder. <clears throat> Gilmore! Oh, Gilmore! Gilmore, my boy! Get over here! I finally have a job for you! He can't, Commander Priebus. He's too nondescript for either of our voice actors to imitate. Stupid governors! Is there a senator in the house? Captain, we're approaching planet GAP-2. Shall I establish a standard orbit, sir? Great question, Mr. Sulu. Let me consult my senior officers. Gentlemen, Lieutenant Sulu here has made a suggestion whether we should, um, should, uh, do something or other. <laughs> establish orbit around GAP-2. Exactly! Sing a chorus of Eris-2! <laughs> Excellent suggestion, Lieutenant. That was one of my favorite records from the 1970s. I'll never know why Moroni only allowed it to win second place in the 1973 Eurovision Song Contest. Mosadetes was robbed, I tell you, robbed! Franco cried like a baby when they didn't get the big blue ribbon. You know, they say he had a whole reservoir full of baby tears saved up from Guernica for just that sort of occasion. Eris to la da 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 what the hell are you talking about, Willard? We're under orders to find out what the hell is killing all those freaking Republican candidates down on GOP. My theory is that they're all just killing each other with their own insipitude. But I have to test it. Maybe put two of them in an anti-graph chamber with a buffet and just wait for the food fight to start. Exactly right, Ned. Franco killed all those commie Republicans back in the day. Even snuffed out a brigade of Lincoln impersonators. Then he went on to make a packet on macaroni in a can. Bain eventually bought the company and changed the name to Franco American. Kicked the living spaghettios out of that Italian guy. What was his name? Boyardee? <laughs> it's no wonder you can't remember it. Ah, <laughs> uh, say, Mr. Ned, I am deeply offended by the suggestion that I have engaged in behavior unfitting a Confederate officer and a sawbones of the highest order. Not to mention a genuine Kentucky colonel. Retired, of course. The only thing that's Kentucky about you is that gallon of bourbon you sucked down just before you came up here. Stupid cracker. The stupid cracker's right. I mean, uh, Doc's right, Ned. The captain isn't drugged up again. 
He's wearing earbuds so that he can listen to the collected speeches of Ronald Reagan, Volume 3. There's some really good stuff on that one. Back in my academy days, we used to get really high on Varhesian hash and put it on while watching The Wizard of Oz with the sound turned down. They synced up pretty well. It was remarkable, especially when the flying monkeys invaded Grenada. You know, Mr. Pearl, you're beginning to sound more and more like the Gipper every day. And your interpretive dance moves are coming right along. Uh, Mr. Dad, I've established orbit around Gop 2. I'm assuming that's okay with the captain. Mr. Garbanzo Bean, take down that wall. <laughs> I remember it just like it was yesterday. Which reminds me, hey, Rodrigo, did you take down that garden wall yet? From our veranda, we want to be able to see the Slovakian children picking strawberries. We need to make sure they're meeting their quotas. Nothing quite like freedom, is there? My capital is enjoying itself immensely. That's about all the confirmation you're going to get, Sulu. Just park us in orbit long enough to get this dumbass assignment out of the way. And while you're at it, prepare a landing party. You know, the usual compliment of idiots. Wait a minute, Ned. I appreciate a compliment as much as anybody, but I'm lieutenant commander in charge of weapon systems and luncheon meats. Shouldn't I be the one assembling the landing party? Probably. Only I want it done right, so I told Sulu to do it. I know you're too thick to notice, but that guy does pretty much everything on this freaking ship, including the decorative scrimshaw moldings that line the corridors. Actually, the Nixon robot did most of those. I just gave him the stencils. That's right, Mr. Ned. People forget I was a Navy man. During the war, I spent many lonely months at sea, swinging back and forth in my rice sack hammock, and scratching out messages of despair on whale's teeth. They wouldn't let us use paper, so my letters came home all written in coded scrimshaw. By VJ Day, my mother had collected a closet full of the things. I tried to pawn them off to the Smithsonian, but they weren't interested, though I noticed they found a place for that stupid coconut JFK wrote on. And he had just written some sophomoric poem to one of his gangland horrors, Nothing of great historical consequence. Goddamn liberals. They think they're the only ones with a song in their hearts. Oh, say, can you fear? It's that hair. And it's near. It's come out of its cave. Bet you a dime it can behave as bad as once. Was that man had a staff. Slimy hand Back then the hair Was in its crib I had a secret Plan to blow up Bridges I wasn't Always dead I once lived Inside a troll That was In my Head I had a bust right right Second of me is worth the whole year of whatever they're supposed to be. Now let me make this clear. You need me on your side. 
You can't ignore my counsel back on me, on my words. And you can climb those hills of history. Always the textbooks, they will all go right themselves. See, I'm not. So morose, in fact I'm here to propose a toast, regards to the hair, I'll be verbose, with my praise I'll go right off the deep end, I am boarding your boat, let your servant take my That stupid song was doing way too much foreshadowing. Keep the shadowing on your jowls, Nixon. You're ruining the show. Zulu, don't include the Nixon robot in the landing party. I think he's going to be busy taking space barnacles off the ship's radioactive exhaust stacks. It was great to know him. Really great. What's that you said, Ned? Wait, let me take these earbuds out. <laughs> now, what's the caper as the gipper used to say? Ah, say, I always found that capers provide a perfect compliment to Kentucky-style deep-fried opossum pie, a favorite delicacy of my youth. I leave Coburn off the list, too. That's an order. <sighs> Aye, sir, but that means he has to stay up here with me, then, right? And no pearl either. Hey, what did I do? I didn't do or say anything stupid. All I did was talk the machine that's been playing back that Reagan tape into selling arms to Iran and Iraq at the same time. That took no convincing at all. So while the war is hot, that's my motto, and I'm sticking to it. You didn't say anything stupid because you didn't say anything. Until just now, no pearl. But then, if you don't take... Doc, Pearl, or Nixon. That just leaves you and the captain. That's fine. Those bought and sold fracking promoters down on GOP 2 will probably make us beam down into a transporter chamber the size of a shower stall anyway. Perfect. <laughs> I'll need to shower off the spunk before my big speaking slot at the Republican convention. <laughs> the only way you'll be speaking at that convention is if they lose about a dozen more knuckleheads. To whatever's killing candidates left and right, I mean right and far right, down there on that planet. Sure, Ned, that's the ticket. Just a few more ignominious losses, and the GOP will end up with a brokered convention. And if they drink enough bourbon, they might nominate the captain, and then me as his chief advisor. Right you are, Mr. Pearl. And I'm thinking I may need a few other key positions filled by you or some other organ grinder. That or his monkey. <laughs> 
I knew all along that God would sneak me into the White House somehow. Sometimes he uses plagues. Sometimes locusts. Sometimes whirlwinds. <laughs> this time he brought forth a cave-dwelling monster. It's all part of God's plan for me. Christ Willard, we responded to a freaking distress call. 
Why the hell are you wasting time singing some dumbass song? You idiot! Right you are, Ned! To the Batcave! Do I look like Robin to you? Although you could rightfully be referred to as batshit crazy, man. Let's get down to the transporter room and try to get this plot hobbling along again. I'm on Murph Griffin tonight, for some reason. Right you are, Ned. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> and tell Murph that Ursatz Rodrigo over here is a passable Mexican tenor. Meaning he plays the ukulele. <laughs> tell Murph's people to call my people, and we can work out a fee. Payable to Ursatz's owner. That would be me. <laughs> See you all in the tickle stall. <laughs> you mean the transporter set, fool? You know, you were right about the shower stall, Ned. Kinda funky in here. That's cause you got the wrong end of the horse, Willard. You're crowding my ass. Welcome to GOP2, Captain Romney. I'm Reince Priebus, head chief of party dysfunctionality and of the fracking operations down here. This is one of my new shill candidates, Mirka Rubio. <laughs> well, that does sound like fun. Hello, I am Marco. Well, what a charming water boy. <laughs> hey, son, didn't you do some caddying for me down at the Miami Beach Golf Club? Could have been another little amigo. If memory serves, I went through about a dozen of those in one game. Do you mind letting me have a little look behind your ears, Michael? I want to see if my man drew a blue crucifix there. That's my mark. You were looking at me when you said that, Captain. I'm not Mr. Maiko or Marco. I'm Reince Priebus, still here in my own body. <laughs> you know, when I was at Harvard Business, I was sure I caught a case of Reince Priebus. Doc thought it was strange. I wasn't doing any fracking at the time. Not that stupid joke, Willard. We used it in episode... Five or something. I don't know. Loose track. Glad to meet you, Chief. So what's got your Priebus in a knot? Is it the Benz? I know my 2017 Benz doesn't handle very well when making U-turns. Every time I do it, me turns too. <laughs> it's not just you. <laughs> well, about a solar month ago, we opened a new phase in our fracking operations. As you know, Captain, we're under contract with Coke Cosmic Industries to frack the dead and living pus out of this miserable pimple of a planet so that they can collect pollution credits from the Confederation. That's the Confederation's trash and raid program, Willard. Confederate planets produce so much toxic sludge on a day-to-day -day basis they can't find enough drinking water to dump it into. Trash and raid lets Coke Galactic earn billions of extra credits by shipping tons of waste to planets like Gop, where it can be used to frack out Progredam. That's an inedible additive to soil and food that makes everyone hungry for more. It's illustrative of the corporate food pyramid. That's right, Romney. Coke freighters pulling with boatloads of toxic sludge. We pump it into the ground and up comes the money juice. Oil, greed ham, radioactive isotopes, some clown secret burger sauce, 
plastic tapioca, you name it. The planet is a treasure trove. A few hundred earthquakes, or planet quakes, result annually, but who cares? Now it's that orange hair monster that's threatening to kill all of our shills and scuttle the whole operation. Ugh. Never seen our coke overlords so upset. If they lose the estimated 400 billion credits from this operation, they'll only make a little under 80 trillion in profit this year. That's space chicken feed, and it's unacceptable. <laughs> Chickens. <laughs> that's right, Primars. If properly exploited, GOP2 could supply enough pro-greed ham and deadly isotopes to poison a dozen planets and fill the coffers of the hungriest hedge fund managers. Hedgehogs, we call them. <laughs> Cuddly little things. I just love watching them gobble up pieces of Argentina. And then there's the culling time. Very enjoyable to watch. Anyway, <laughs> Captain, we need you and your crack team. They're on crack, all right. And they're crackers. We need all of you to come down here and kill that thing. That hare, that bloodthirsty killer. And do it before it takes our last half-viable candidate and broils him into a deep golden brown. You think you're pretty tough, don't you? Fancy starship and super-packed bank accounts. Well, you can't get your capital down here and into these fracking tunnels. <laughs> That's quite all right, young man. I'll have whatever he's having. A milkshake, looks like. You're pointing at John Kasich, and he's using the urinal, idiot. Hey, Priebus, what the hell is this perfectly square rockhead thing? I thought you were fracking down here, not quarrying. That's a blockhead. They're worthless. Wherever the hair monster goes, dozens, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of those things just pour out of the walls. We don't even know what to do with them. We've been destroying them, using them for fill. Who's Phil? They're stackable! <laughs> I'm thinking bigger, better garage right about now. Actually, I think this one over here used to support me. Sure, sure. Listen, we didn't get you people down here so that you can talk about blockheads. We need you to help us get rid of that thing. We need to start fracking Progreed Ham again. Without that substance, reactionaries across the Confederation will fall limp, and Starfleece and all its good works will screech to a screeching halt! <laughs> well, that's not good. Main Galactic needs Progreed Ham, too. Without it, we're liable to turn into a charitable foundation of some kind, like the Cleanton Foundation. I think they're teaching moon men to grow broccoli in their craters. That's a financial buzzkill. Oh, no. I think I know where this is going. He wants you to give one of your trademark insufferable and slightly surreal speeches. Oh, well, at least you'll be doing it in a cave, so I won't have to be so embarrassed. Your first officer is right, Captain Romney. Listen, that monster supported you last time around. And as pathetic as it sounds, you are the party's standard bearer. I mean, you flubbed the election and all, but you should be up to flushing a shaggy orange blob out of a hole, right? Priebus, you might first try telling him that's what you don't want to happen, and then let him loose on the situation. Listen, so far I'm the only one that saw this thing and lived to tell about it. That thing is tough. A killer. He made fun of me. Called me Little Marco. Now you don't think I'm little, do you? I have big ideas. I represent a new generation of self-made leaders. Elected officials that are fully up to the task of keeping in place rules that make it easier for men that inherited everything from their parents to keep it all and to allow it to grow exponentially. I've got to- Start, it, Marco. I know you're itching to get back in there. We'll put you in again after we clean up the pataki juice off the space rug. 
Something's happening in the reactionary room. Probably a control rod fell out of Ted Cruz's nose during one of his speeches, where he kissed another child and it turned to stone. We're all running up there now. Oh, Jesus Christ. Go ahead. We'll freaking follow you. The show is so bad. <laughs> I'm running again, Ned. This is worse than I thought. Now how exactly could this possibly be any worse? That thing! It struck us right where it hurts. The reactionary core of our reactor has been taken, swallowed whole by that thing. We're helpless! First we lost all of our most promising candidates. I mean candidates. And now this! Gentlemen, this is lights out for GOP. For this mining operation. For our party. And for the Confederation! Oh, here it comes. <laughs> No need to worry, rhinestone dear boy. I'm here now. Just let me call up to the Free Enterprise and see if our chief engineer can rig up some kind of makeshift doodad that can serve as a reactionary core stabilizer for your planet's reactor. He can staple some pictures of Mussolini together with some big farmer stock certificates. That might do in a pinch. At least it'll keep the lights on in your caves. It does it for me. <laughs> Romney the Free Enterprise. I see Free Enterprise here, sir. What's your pleasure, Captain, sir? Can I interest you in a commemorative Civil War chess set? The Patriot side is always favored by God and always presupposed to win, while the Yankee side has been hobbled by a devilish Lincoln and by my miter saw. I took the legs off of them in a series of battlefield operations. And would you like a bucket of chicken to go with that? <laughs> to think of the hundreds of thousands lost in that war. And I think a few people may have died, too. <laughs> well, Doc, I guess I won't ask you how you came to be answering the phone up there. I'll assume that everyone else has their uniforms in the laundry, and that they're too ashamed to answer their captain. That's okay. Just pass the word on to Welsh that we need him to beam down here with some kind of glowing cancer rod in his bare hands. It's probably best that he doesn't have his uniform on for this work. Although lead bagpipes might ward off gamma rays. Ah, uh, say, right away, Captain, sir. I would be so proud to send that man to his death. Yes, I know. Sending subordinates to their death is just like eating salted Brazil nuts. <laughs> we used to call those fodder toes. <laughs> Hi, everybody. What the hell? It's bad enough having sub-actor Welsh down here. Why do we need to have Pearl, too? I thought we were saving his talents for Wrigley's Plague Planet. Um, I'm here too, Mr. Ned. Since Doc Coburn's supply of Orion's slave dudes died off from easily treatable diseases, he's been using me to plow his tobacco fields. Except they're not tobacco fields. It's the ship's gymnasium. I'm afraid the floor is pretty wrecked in there now. Hopefully no one was planning to do calisthenics in there for a while. Doc's got his fingers on the pulse of the space marketplace, all right. Room-grown tobacco is a hot commodity on planet Goxa DD3. Or was that on Coxadoodle 2? <laughs> Anyhow, Doc's crazy too. 
I only barely got out of there in time. I don't suppose the captain could honor my contract and allow me a few weeks' leave of absence, so I could be an extra in some other racist movie. What do you think, Sulu? Anyhow, shouldn't be too disappointed. I can promise you'll see some racist action right here on this hairdo-infested planet. Uh, I guess so. What's happening down here anyway? Are you and the captain being held against your will again by some poorly thought out malevolent entity? Not yet, but the plot's dragging its ass in that direction all right. Captain, where's that radioactive reactor? I'm supposed to be patching up with my bare hands. It's right over here. Ah, this is Priebus. It's right over here. It looks like a fake bank of plastic computers, I know. But just do what you can and try to act. Hawk, let me see what it is. Ah, it's an antique. I stopped pretending to fix things like this back in my academy days. Now, those were some times. We used to get the hold of a Morlock stink badger and take it all away Can to- Can you just pretend to fix the thing, idiot? Not talk. Hawk, but you're not saying I can't sing about me troubles. Oh, here we go. I'll hear ye the tale of the heart that stood Full three meters tall to grown men for its food Not ordinary men such as you or as I But men with their sights on the president's side Full two and twenty did challenge its wrath
Beavis? Beavis? Sounds like some old man is calling his pet beavers. And that's good since I have a hankering for fish soda right now. He's called Priebus, fool, not beavers. Beavis? Beavis? Great. That's all we need is that guy going senile on us. Beavers? I say Beavis. Beavers here. I, I, I mean Priebus here. Commander McConnell, what is it, sir? That last man you sent down here? That president of the Philippines guy, Marcos? He's dead! His corpuscles were combustilated into a bonfire like nothing I ain't ever seen. Anyhow, he's gone! We need another volunteer, obviously. Or get that Romney fella to start speechifying. Placate that thing! Destroy that thing! Co-op that thing! I don't care! Just do it! We're on it, sir! Captain Romney and his team are just about to suit up and go into the caves! Um, I'm sorry. There seems to be some kind of mistake. I came down here to stay in a safe position and possibly lend support while the primary exploratory team dies in agony. My task is to then relay their last unintelligible utterances to space colleagues and favored family members. Look here, I've started a list already. You're going down into the caves with us, Pearl. In fact, the blind and light of your cowardice will be leading us forward into the heart of the danger. But, but there might be giant beavers down there. Besides the giant acid-breathing hairpiece, I'm needed to advise the next president. Without me, there may be no pretext to invade our next carefully chosen pariah state. Imagine no war. Unless we kill that devil hair, there won't be any next president to advise. Just imagine that, Commander Pearl. You have to think of all the other neocon consultants and not just yourself. But I'm not capable of thinking about anyone except myself. And also, I'm thinking about taking up a different line of work. Imagine a moon bus driver me. I'm gonna drive a bus into your freaking moon if you don't get moving, Pearl! Oh, alright. But I'm gonna put on one of the acid protector suits. It's like the Zahn protector suit, except it's good against acid. Hey, Priebus, where are those things? They're over there, Pearl. You just tossed another one of your soiled man diapers into one. But that's just a metal trash can with arm and leg holes punched out and some Christmas lights glued onto the front. That's right, Pearl. Now get into that trash can now. Okay, okay, I'll do it. But, but don't tell Richard Kagan or any other members of our think tank. They might make fun of me and not let me play in any more of their rain death games. Captain... It looks like me jerry rig is gonna hold, but just for about a half hour, or until the climax of this episode. After that, there's no guarantees. <laughs> That's great, Mr. Welsh. I knew I could count on you. Now, what exactly were you doing over there again? <laughs> Trying to fix the high court? How commendable. I recommend appointing some strict constructionists. No legislating from the bench or from the picnic table. The Constitution is a dead document. Our Second Amendment rights out of that. Pow, pow! <laughs> Very enlightening, idiot. Now let's get moving and see if we can find that hair monster. Captain, I hear something behind me. It, it's the hair. It's got me. It's got me. Oh, oh, what a world. That's just some garbage trailing behind you, Pearl. Looks like some plastic bags and a train of off sausages. 
It's pretty disgusting. Couldn't you have washed that thing out before putting it on? For your information, sausages are well known as a comfort food. There was no time for cleaning the can. Death could strike at any time. We should be so freaking lucky. So, Willard, if you've been thinking about what you're going to say at all, do I even want to ask you this? <laughs> I sure have, Ned. I've thought and I've thought. I've thought in kitchens. I've thought in the yards. I've thought in the libraries. In the cellars and barns. I've thought till my thinker was burnt and was charred. Golly and gosh, this thinking is hard. What are you doing now? Quit suicide or Kaiser Lysen, whatever you'd call it. Actually, Ned, I thought I'd start out with some jokes. That would help lighten the mood and serve to disarm any homicidal party-crashing hairpiece. I could talk about Ronald Reagan and about how smart his hair was. <laughs> While at the same time alluding to my own pooky cabbage, which incidentally shows a similar luster. I'd start with Grecian formula and from there pivot to something Warren Buffett said. You know, his line about how babies born now in America are the luckiest crop in history. Well, that was certainly my experience. I may quote a few other billionaires, too. Why not? It would give my speech a people's touch. You're freaking touched, Willard. You've been tasked to kill that thing. Why they chose you, I couldn't possibly imagine. They couldn't possibly be familiar with your immaculate imbecilic record. <laughs> Just listen to this bit, Ned. <clears throat> Let me turn to national security and the safety of our homes and loved ones. The bombast of the monster here is already alarming our allies and fueling the enmity of our enemies. <laughs> and as I see it, that's always been our job. Yeah, that should kill it. Nah, what are you playing at, Willard? You're going to try to appeal to reason. Look around you. You're in a cave. Desperately trying to stay relevant as a leader, while at the same time blindly following orders from party peons. Well, just listen to this part then. <clears throat> I am far from the first to conclude that the monster hare lacks the temperament to be president. After all, this is an individual who mocked a disabled reporter when he could have been content simply to veto any legislation that would have guaranteed handicapped accessibility to all federal buildings and to basic services. <laughs> Actually, all things being equal, the iconic hair is starting to sound better all the time. Hey, Captain, you're right. I think I can work with that. It, it wouldn't even be the first time I did consulting work for the most prominent comb-over in the room. I mean, in the cave. <laughs> I can work for just a piece of a master. I can chill for just a portion
Episode just called and said he wants us all to pause here and just look at the wall of the cave for a few minutes. He left it at that, but I think we should probably all put a mildly surprised look on. And oh yeah, Pearl should scream like a little girl. Ah! Oh no, it's the end of everything. Life, party, consulting fees. Somebody shoot, shoot it. Shut up, Pearl. Start speechifying, Willard! Think of the monster hair's personal qualities. The bullying, the greed, the showing off, the misogyny, the absurd third-grade theatrics. We have long referred to it as the hair. It is the only creature in the galaxy to whom we have added an article before its name. It wasn't because it had attributes we admired. Ouch. I bet that really stung. Ah! The captain's words are having no effect. Who could have foreseen that? Shoot it! Shoot it while there's still time! Where's your phaser, champ? Did you leave it in the kitchen where you were using it to puree Zark Fatty and antelope tongues? Hey, I was very hungry and dinner wasn't for hours yet. Oh no, it's heading for the captain. He'll be dead in a minute, reduced to just a, a bottle of plastic. I'll shoot the freaking thing! Well, it's not dead, but it did take a chunk out of its hide before it waddled off. It went right through the cave wall, like like it was no impediment at all. Imagine you could too, if you were ever able to get your ass up to two miles per hour. So that was the monster for the episode? Looks like someone draped a badly stained hair rug over the rotten berry's oversized ottoman, put wheels on it and dragged it around with a rope. Yeah, well, it's either that or their coat rack, and that kept falling over in rehearsal. There was a rehearsal? Yeah, supposedly, but nobody went to it, except for Pearl, who's pretty much nobody. They have a catered lunch, okay? I I just need to be catered to sometimes. Hey, would you look at this big hunk of foam rubber with yellow hair glued to it? (laughs) What do you think it is, Ned? Old Yeller? But that description sounds like it could be your brother, the smart one. Well, I'll be Brother Lud Romney. No, wait a minute. Lud wears a bolo tie. (laughs) This thing doesn't seem to have a neck. It must be old yeller. Hey, boy, want to take a ride on the car? (laughs) Hopefully this isn't the rabies scene. You're a fool. That's a chunk of the improbable hair monster we've been pursuing. I just shot it off the thing five minutes ago. Surely you can remember that. No, <laughs> I must have been otherwise occupied. There was a sudsy bubble floating past me at the time. I wonder where it is now and what fantastic adventures await it. Probably better than this adventure. I'd say going down the drain would be more interesting. Anyway, I sent a sample of the monster chunk up to the Free Enterprise. Doc Bonehead should have it analyzed by now. Let's call and see what he says. 
Willard the Free Enterprise, do you read me? This is the Free Enterprise. Welsh here. What can I do for you, Captain? Wells, what the crap are you doing up there? I thought you were down here in the reactor room, trying to keep the power on, and trying to keep us from blowing up into a big fat radioactive cloud with a smiling face on it. Aye, that's where I'd be. Doc Colbert had the comm system forward all calls to me, so he could get some work done in his lab. <laughs> well, tell old Doc to bring his lab on down here. We can kennel it with the yellow hound. Keep them both right up on the roof of the cave here. <laughs> Jesus, don't encourage him by listening to it. Welsh, connect me to the dock. Aye, sir. Pretended to do that now. I say, what is it now? Can a man wash out his whiskey pans in peace anymore? I mean, there isn't a declaration of war across the land, is there? Should I be gathering up my mutton barrows? Sulu, take the freaking communicator. You talk to it. What the? Okay, but don't expect any sense to come from it. Hey Doc, did you run the genetic tests on the tissue samples that the landing party sent up to you? We're anxious for the show to end. I mean, we're anxious to get some answers down here. No sir! No sir! I was hoping that you'd ask a question pertaining to my newfound area of expertise. After all, any man with a microscope and a wheel of cheese can discover the mushroominess all around us. But only a man of medicine can discover the God-hidden secrets in rocky goo. You see, every living thing on Earth is based on biblical carbon. And that's why it fries up so good. And why it takes on the barbecue sauce like a riverboat takes on cotton. This here organism is whittled out of something different on the elemental chart of God. Big lead! It's up on the periodical chart along with my favorite magazine, Guns and Gumbo. Great, I forgot to bring my cracker to English Dictionary. I think he said that the hair thing is a lead-based life form. What do you think of that? Is it even possible? Oh, why do I bother asking? Well, you could ask that preposterous hair creature. It just blasted through the wall behind you. Oh, I thought it was just part of the normal degradation of the set. Ah, we're doomed! Your cowardice appears to be on delay this morning, Pearl. That's because I'm so cerebral that my mind has to first take a few minutes to thoroughly process a perceived threat to determine if there's a lucrative war option in the early stages of development. Turns out there almost always is. That thing doesn't seem to be in a hurry to kill us. Maybe because none of us are declared candidates. Well, Pearl is kind of a can of dirt. And then there's Captain Fool over here. He's always looking like he's running for something or trying to sell a used car. Excuse me, but shouldn't we be shooting at that thing? Which thing are we talking about? The gross hideous thing in front of me for that stupid bulbous hair pizza. No sense shooting it, Pearl. It's not doing anything, except for leaving a puddle of acid on the floor. But that stuff could only dissolve Republican presidential candidates, so who cares? I thought about picking up a few jars myself. Besides, the creature's made of lead. You can't kill it if it's not alive to begin with. We need to try to communicate with it. See if we can reach some kind of understanding. 
Make him a candle's lead monkey, so to speak. And then we need to get back that control rod that it stole from the reactor. Willard, go talk to it again. Maybe if we're lucky, forgot about the imbecilic ravings you were unleashing earlier. Absolutely. <laughs> I've still got some great stuff here in my prepared remarks. <clears throat> Let's see, where is it here? Ah, oh, ah, yes, here. The hair monster cheers assaults on protesters. It applauds the prospect of twisting the Confederation's constitution to limit First Amendment freedom of the press. <laughs> I have to admit that I've always wanted to try that. <laughs> this is the very brand of anger that has led other nations and other planets into the abyss. Here's what I know. The hair creature is a phony, a fraud. Its promises are as worthless as a degree from Space Monster University. It's playing Starfleet for suckers. It gets a free ride to the White House, and all we get is lousy hat hair. Well, you didn't kill Willard. I guess that's good. No. But it just pissed out another puddle. That's one way of critiquing Willard. Hey, that. It just wrote something with its acidic piss. And melted it right into that styrofoam rock. It says, You loser eye. Now is that an insult aimed at the captain? Or is it an admission that it just lost something? I'm guessing a comb or some styling gel. Sounds like it lost the script. That just doesn't make any sense. Sounds like something Doc Bonehead would bleed out. Of course, Willard's a loser. That goes without saying. Well, it was writing with piss. Maybe its control isn't that great. Actually, I for one am quite accomplished with piss script. They used it on Uranus. I once consulted there. I advised the Uranals to go to war with the planet Shiite. Everyone else was doing it. It was kind of a fad back in the day. I've noticed that your ass is pretty fluent too, Pearl. Well, this will never do. We need to have a back and forth conversation with this thing. Guess I'll have to resort to the Palomino Mind Meld. We've used it in several episodes already, so I won't bother to explain just what that entails. But you could, Ned. It's an hour-long show. That's right. It only seems way longer. Shut up, Pearl. But I didn't say that. It was Sulu. Shut up, Pearl. Okay, hard hair pizza. Our minds are merging. Our minds are one. I feel what you feel. In other words, not much. I hate what you hate. Pain! Horse face! This is just the beginning of everything. You are going to win so much that you will get tired of winning. Laugh at the blockheads.
Hey, ask him about me, Ned. <laughs> Can I take it that I have his endorsement? The fact that he hasn't killed me yet? crap out of you! You are so pathetic! A few years ago, you got down on your knees and were willing to do anything to get my support! Actually, I dropped my lucky 12-cent piece. It has Millard Fillmore on it. And then I thought I might be able to scratch your hair pizza while I was down there. <laughs> Shut it! Freaking idiot! Now, which one of them said that, do you suppose? It could have been either. I think they both have New York values. Ned, ask it where the reactionary control rod is. Although, you think there wouldn't be a shortage of those things around this place. Just walk down into the plastic cave, and you will find it. There you will also find other answers. Okay, I guess so. I wish my agent clued me in on how much cave time I'd be racking up when he found me this gig. Funny, I feel right at home. Since I'm probably not going to get another chance, especially after I start carrying around a radioactive control rod, I guess I'll do my song now. Just is 
Hey, there's a light up ahead. A large plastic cavern, perhaps. Sounds pretty raucous, like there's a rugby game going on or something. No, I see now. It's a rally. It's a political rally. And look, there are thousands upon thousands of blockheads chanting, doing some kind of Nazi hand salutes and wearing ridiculous hats. They must have just hatched down here. It's miraculous. In their manic frenzy, I can see their potential for beautiful war. I think I can see why Commodore McConnell was dissing them. They're pretty horrible. I mean, you need them for their reliably ill-informed and bigoted voting habits, but I couldn't imagine having dinner with any of them. Not using the good China, surely. I suppose we should get back and tell the captain and Ned about this. Hey, it's kind of like you and I have become friends. You're like my Chinese sidekick now. We might consider doing a spin-off show. I'll be the neocon version of the Green Hornet, and you can be Cato, who himself comes from the Cato Institute. At the risk of mixing racial stereotypes, you'd be one tough hombre. You'd also be mildly intelligent while still being subservient and therefore unthreatening. It'd be great. You should do a show in which you're the guy that gets killed in the first minute of the pilot episode. I think I'd consent to be in that. Oh no, look! It's Mitch McConnell, Reince Priebus, and a bunch of even uglier men heading down the mineshaft and toward the cavern where the others are. They're carrying clubs! Standard equipment for a cave, isn't it? Still, we'd better try to get back to Ned right away and try to head them off. I think I just may want to stay here a while longer. You know, just in case our entire landing party is killed horribly. Then one of us, me, will survive to get back to the ship safely and thereby salvage the appearance of mission success. Don't worry, I can plan funerals for everyone and maybe even name some future invasion operation after them. That suits me just fine. However, you may want to go and join the blockhead rally. When the hair monster burns its way down the shaft with its projectile acid, I think you and your trash can are going to be melted into little cowardly bottle caps. Uh, uh, on second thought, I think I'll go with you. <laughs> so, Ned, you've got another successful mind meld under your belt. That's good news. Probably makes you even more saleable on eBay. There weren't too many talking telepathic dressage horses available last I checked. It's a niche market, but in the end, I think it'll grow. That was amazing, Captain. That thing is the single most narcissistic, self-centered, egomaniacal being that I've ever heard of. And I'm surrounded by Republicans all the time. Anyway, it's all about brand with that thing, which is called a hair tub. If you're curious, it's rather he obsessed with its own brand. Wait a minute, what's that sound? Oh no, Jesus Christ, not Doc Moron. What the hell? What did you beam down for? Did someone put up a sign that says pigskin banjo for sale? I'm here too. Please don't forget to notice me. I have no intention of slipping back into obscurity now that I've again tasted the light and regained the acceptance of the American people. Oh no, this nightmare just keeps getting worse characters in it. What's next? Leave freaking Harvey Oswald. 
I say, this place is the very image of the underground palaces that my Aryan ancestors jumbled together with their own superior know-how and race pride. It makes me recall my own young years, when I would lift up a stud horse on a bet or scamper up the mast of a pirate scow in order to tack up some Jesus bunting. Now where's the patient? These leeches are starting to wiggle out of the box. You're the patient, fool! Although any treatment short of decapitation probably won't help. The patient is right over here, Doc. <laughs> it's the horrible hair creature, which Ned tells us is actually called a hair type. And it's maybe not so terrible after all. Maybe it can actually help me and our party. See if you can't glue that hunk of hairy foam rubber back onto its behind. <laughs> I'm sure that smarts like anything. Ah, a southern strategy. I understand. But I also thought the objective was to destroy the beast. Maybe pull its hair off, douse it in napalm, and torch it. Or it might be better to leave its hair on for that. After that, we can leave with honor. That's what the Republican establishment types wanted. McConnell and Priebus. But who the hell cares what they want anyway? Last time around, they wanted this fool standing next to me to be their president. And I am proud to accept your nomination for... I was talking about last time around. This time, nobody would even admit that they voted for you, even under the threat of water fortin', and a heck of a lot worse. Oh, Christ. I guess it's my turn to belt one out of the park.
that a gang of men armed with clubs are heading up here now, probably only a minute or two away. They're pretty ugly, sir. In fact, they're hideous. Very unattractive men. So there's a golf course up here. I've got to see it. Imagine cave golf. <laughs> the possibilities boggle the mind. Sorry we weren't here sooner, but Pearl kept having to stop and cower. Hey, I was practicing duck and cover drills. It's hard to get it right when you're wearing a trash can. Ned, down that passageway there's a large cavern, and inside are thousands of blockheads, all waving offensive signs and giving Nazi salutes. Ah, say, it sounds like a surprise party in the offing. Must be Jefferson Davis's birthday again. What's the story with the hair monster, anyway? And what does it have to do with the blockhead? I thought nobody was ever going to get around to asking that. That's a problem with only having wildly eccentric characters on this show. There's not enough sensible dialogue to keep the plot moving along. Turns out that the monster, the Herta, and its kind live in the bedrock below our cities. At a certain point in their life cycle, the entire population dies off. All except for one. For a few decades, it just sits around making money from casinos and shady real estate deals and acts like a monumental prick. And then, when everybody least expects it, it becomes active. It starts eating away at the rusted infrastructure of one sick political party, while at the same time creating millions of blockheads. It tunnels and tunnels until the whole party edifice is destabilized. Then it uses acid to melt down every sanctioned candidate it comes across. Brilliant, brilliant. And what do we call the little boy? Damien? That explains why Priebus and McConnell want him dead. But to be honest, it's still hard for me to see much of the difference between him and them. One of them has more orange tufts of hair, I guess. Oh yeah, and it spits out that acid stuff. <laughs> There it is! It's over there! Kill it! Um, but we also have to sing the song here called Demigod. That's the song that I just sang, fool! Sing your own! Oops, I I mean this song. Hey yo, hey ya! Hey yo, hey god! Hey yo, hey ya! Hey god, I'm! Billions in a sack at one. 
It's shooting us in the back with our own big guns. If we have to, we'll use clubs. Go smash that unkempt rug. Hello, it's haircut time. Oh no, through the scissors, back of my should have ended about 10 minutes ago, but whatever. Previous, you can't let your mob destroy this thing. If you do, you'll only be destroying yourselves. The blockheads that you've been finding all over the caves down here are your own future. With a Herta as a fascist figurehead and with legions of dumb, loyal blockheads, you can just hit your sick party up to their wagon and go along for the ride. Who cares if the thing mortalizes your stupid mutant candidates? What have they done for you lately? Except talk stupid and then die. Ah, say, good people. Get organized in the awards ceremony. I think I may just be able to cure the common cold. But I'm having no luck with this gluing thing, though. I have to admit. Do any of you boys have any gaffer tape? You didn't take the cap off the glue tube, you numbskull. I see, but I'm taking the top hat off my whirling, and I'm doing it right now. Grrr. 
Surprise there. I think leaving these guys to it is the best policy now. Good luck, Preeb. But that Herda thing, as you referred to it, it made fun of us. I know, I know, and that causes great hurt. Hey, but you know what I do? I just say double on you to whoever's insulting me, and then I stick out my tongue. Mm. Sometimes I even add a, how do you like those apples? And I may even resort to targeting their homes for drone strikes, but that's just my way. You may choose to use cruise missiles or bombing sorties. That's how adults deal with their problems, you know. Just suck it up, Preeb. Your check is still gonna come from the same sleazy payday loan company, you shameless shill. Fine, fine. We'll get in line behind the monster hairpiece. But what do I tell my people? Look at them. They're riled up, angry. They want to beat the crap out of somebody on account of perceived wrongs they've suffered and on account of having to live by a strict regimen of politically correct terminology. 
For so long, they've been obligated not to say certain things or use certain terms because it would make certain unnamed peoples and minorities feel bad. Well, not saying those slurs is causing irreparable harm to them. And that makes them feel bad. And that's not right. Where is their right not to ever feel bad? All of your extras wearing $2 jumpers need to be protected from hurtful speech, too. They should be able to live without fear that criticism will come their way. That is, in case they just happen to go on a racist tirade. Ah, say, next thing you know, someone will want to purge the holy Bible of all its intolerant language. Well, how about some tolerance for the chronically intolerant? Where are those dirty space hippie civil libertarian lawyers when it comes to sticking up for their rights? I ask you, sir. Did I miss something, Dad? Was this episode ever really about something? Yep, that one's Mr. Freakin' Stephanie Ann over there. I thought he was up on the bridge. Who exactly is driving the free enterprise, then? That's right, Priebus. As a special neocon advisor, I can just as easily work with an overt neo-fascist as one that's making a faint attempt to hide their fascistic tendencies behind a bush. Or behind a W bush. <laughs> you know, Pearl's right about Ned being right. About the right always being right. <laughs> what difference does it make what their signs say? And if they have Hitler tattoos? The mob is yours. And they're still behind you. And the stars are still there. I don't know what all that means. But I agree. As long as we can get production of Pro-Greedham back to 100%. I don't care what anybody's saying. Captain, the reactor, has it blown up and spread radioactivity all across the entire planet? My jerry rig just couldn't hold it. I'm all glowing now and it feels like there's goppy and bees crawling across my entire body. I'm sorry, sir. I guess you'll have to downsize me. <laughs> Consider yourself fired, Mr. W. Chief Primus, it looks like your mob may be getting even uglier. That is, when the radiation-induced mutations start happening. <laughs> Good luck with that. I think our work here is done. Romney to free enterprise. Mr. Sulu, five or ten to beam up. I'm over here, sir. I'm also in the cave. Just do it anyway, Sulu. Who freaking cares? <laughs>